0: Welcome to the BizOwner 360 podcast where we explore a variety of topics to help you grow your bootstrapped business. I'm your host Brett Trainer. Each week I have a conversation with leading experts in the areas of growth, execution, leadership, wellness, productivity, and others. This is not the typical podcast. We have conversations that dig deep into each of the topics that we cover. The goal is to provide you with cutting-edge but proven tactics and strategies to grow your business. The BizOwner 360 podcast is now recognized as a top 5% international podcast and still growing. So thank you. My guest today is Jeff McGurn, COO of Business Online, a high growth B2B performance agency. Jeff also has two decades of experience before joining Business Online. Their core strength is developing and executing account-based marketing for account based marketing programs for companies of all sizes. And I think this is strategies key to unlocking growth for bootstrapped companies, especially the ones that are kind of stuck in the the half a million to three million range to, to get that growth engine going again. When we think about the early days as an entrepreneur, most of the time we were doing account based marketing, whether we knew it or not. Right. We were targeting certain accounts within our networks that we knew and we're going after, and I think this is a, a logical extension of this. I think it creates focus for businesses um, that only can reach more and more companies outside of, out of those, those uh, targets. But I think you'll get a lot of value out of this this episode. Jeff knows what he's talking about and gives a lot of actionable tips and strategies to, to think about this for your business. So I think you'll enjoy, take some notes, and uh, now onto the interview, thanks. Hey, good morning, Jeff. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Brett. Thanks for having me. No, no, my pleasure. And we're going to talk all things digital marketing, but specifically around ABM or account-based marketing. And you're going to educate me and the rest of the audience and why this is so important. But be, before we dig into the, the topic of the day and, and plus other topics, why don't you share with the audience a little bit about your background and, and what you're you're doing today?
1: Yeah, sure. So I've got a, gosh, almost two-decade career in digital marketing starting off in the in the late 90s, and I've served in executive capacity at uh, companies like Voreo, iProspect, J. Walter Thompson Group, doing and running performance marketing for some of the largest brands and some of the largest B2B brands, uh, working on accounts like Intel and Qualcomm and Microsoft and IBM. And I currently serve as the chief operating officer for a specialty a B2B performance marketing Marketing agency named BOL.
0: Interesting. Business online,
1: right? BOL. Is yeah, that right. Okay. Exactly. Let's <laughs> make sure exactly. we get the
0: tagline in there for you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Sure. <laughs> and two decades sounds like a long time, but I just crossed three decades. So, um. you just
1: crossed three decades? <laughs> I started when I was nine years old. Yeah. You, you and me both. <laughs> <You're> right, right.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, no, definitely impressive career, and you've you've been I want to say the transitioning of digital marketing. Maybe it's not. It hasn't transitioned or it hasn't changed. It's just B two B is finally catching up with the the way it works. So. I love to, you know, paint for the audience a little bit of, you know, the current landscape of digital marketing, and especially if we think about it from a, a smaller business. I think the opportunity for small businesses is huge right now because they can pivot and be nimble with what they're doing digitally, where some of these big companies are like turning the Titanic and trying to get some different strategies. So that's enough of me talking. Why don't you uh, help me understand this?
1: No, so you're you're actually spot on, right? It is sort of a transformation, or but with digital marketing, it's it's always like that, right? You almost have to have like one year blinders on because you just don't know what the technology is going to be, what the landscape's going to look like in 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 the next year. I mean, when you think about it 20 years ago, the dominant search engines were like Lycos and Alta Vista and, and Yahoo. And today those those companies have gone the way of the Dodo bird more or less, right? I mean, Yahoo's right. still around, but not as a search engine. But I think what's you know, you, you talked a little bit about B2B and especially for for small businesses. There's a tremendous opportunity for growth B2B businesses right now because what we sort of seen happen is a tabula rasa, which is to say the landscape of how B2B companies market and sell because of COVID was completely wiped clean. The vast majority of B2B companies, you know this, Brett, vast majority of B2B companies pre-COVID were spending the vast majority of their dollars for marketing and sales on field marketing, field sales, conferences, conventions, right? The types of stuff that, you know, most B2C companies have really moved beyond over the years. And so, you know, there was a transition moving toward B2B companies becoming a lot more, you know, digital first and spending more of their dollars in in the digital space. But that got accelerated massively because there were no conferences to go to. There were no conventions to go to, right? Right. So you you had no you had no choice. The only way you were going to reach people was through digital. You, c- you couldn't even send people a postcard. You couldn't send them a mailer in their office because nobody's going into the office. Well, not right. nobody, but a lot of people aren't going to the office anymore. And if they are going in, they're not going in very often. And people didn't want physical items because who you know who knew back then, right? Now things are moving back towards a little bit back toward the way that they were, but I don't think they're ever going to go back to the way that they were. And you know this this idea of ABM or account based marketing. What's happened it, with digital transformation? Is we now have the technology to target prospects more granularly, right? To de-anonymize the people that come to our website and who are surfing around the internet and, and, and what they're doing, and understand better what uh, what phase of the decision-making process or sales funnel that they're in, and then target them with more custom and personalized messaging to help them understand the, the value of the product that we're selling. And and I'll tell you, you know, maybe one of the biggest misconceptions you'll find is companies that feel like just because I'm not somebody a massive company means that I can't leverage ABM, right? Anybody can leverage account-based market. Doesn't I, I don't care how much budget you have. Right, that that's not the issue. You don't necessarily need some big fancy ABM platform, although that helps. There's certainly uh, affordable platforms and technologies out there that you can use. But by leveraging it, you can essentially start to compete with some of the big guys. Because previously, your only way to compete was to spend five hundred thousand dollars on a booth, and uh, you know, right. c- you're know, constructing a booth, spend another couple hundred thousand dollars on renting the space at, at the convention, spend how many thousands of dollars flying people out there. Now you can compete in the same exact channels that, that everyone else is forced to use, which is these digital channels. And and it's, it's more of a level playing field. So when I say it's a tabular rasa, like that's what I'm talking
0: about. Got it. Yeah. And you just said so many good things here. So I do want to go back. I do want to dig into the ABM piece of this in a minute, but the one thing you talked about with the changing with COVID, you know, and I encourage folks, that, you know, buyer expectations have completely changed. They were changing, but now they've com- completely changed And I don't know if you saw, it just came out. I'm looking for the actual stat, but um, I think it was either McKinsey or HBR did an update on like a thousand B2B buyers and they're their preference. And what it came out to was a lot of interesting stats. But the biggest one for me was that 16% of their time buying was actually engaging with the sales rep. And that's across all the companies that they're looking at, right? So if 85% of that time is digital or referrals or talking to colleagues, uh, then if you think about your own specific company, you you may only be getting 5% of that buyer's actual time. So the two things that jumped out to me is, man, you're whoever is that salesperson that's getting that better be really good in adding value from the moment they have the conversation. And two, digitally, you better be able to tell your story for the other 85% of the time that people are doing the research. Or you're not going to get the conversation with it. So I just wanted to go back a little bit to the buyer and then transition back to ABM.
1: Well, it all starts with the buyer, right? And, and I think that you hit on something really powerful that we, we talk about a lot, which is by the time somebody talks to a salesperson, They've already pretty much made up their mind. They've done most of their research, right? And they're so close to, to purchasing that it's it's very difficult to sway any decision making, which is why it's so important to participate in the 74% of the time that they're not interacting with, with your sales department, right? That's why ABM and digital marketing in general is so critical because they've already consumed a, a massive amount of information about your product, your competitors, the, the market space way before you ever even get a chance to have a conversation a physical conversation, or personal vocal conversation.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think it's true. And even some of those other stats where they're okay, you know, spending 50,000 or 100 or even up to 500,000 virtually or online to, to make the purchases, right? Because that was the old argument that you need salespeople to, to sell and close the deals and purchase. I mean, we're it, basically what I took from that is, man, as soon as you give the buyer the opportunity and the ability to feel good purchasing online, they want to do it. So what are you doing? backwards to to make sure you're providing that experience which goes back to our original concept that this is why a smaller company has the ability to Kind of change the way they they go to market with these folks, and and again, I'm, I'm fascinated by the account based marketing. I think we've had conversations before, not very often on this podcast, where we we talk about it. I think it can be super powerful, especially for small companies, and you're targeting a handful of bigger companies you want to go after. But before we dig into you know kind of your recommendation on best practices and what why don't we start with what is it? <laughs> what is your definition of account based marketing? And you know how does how should we be thinking? About that as as a business owner.
1: Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about ABM and what ABM is and what ABM is not, because I think ABM is probably one of the most misunderstood misunderstood things in in marketing today. Right, yeah. I, I hear so many people talking about how you know we're doing ABM, and then you you start to look at it and really just they're just doing sort of a, a slightly more granular level of of targeting, right? But account based right. marketing. Marketing, it's essentially, a and, and I'm trying to pull up here, we have like our, our tenets of ABM, right? We have this, these principles for, for ABM and what it must be, right? Number one, it's a strategic approach to marketing. It's not an individual tack. ABM lives everywhere in the sales and marketing process. It's just doing all the stuff that you would do in sales and marketing a little bit differently and leveraging newer technologies and platforms in a different approach, right? Okay. Number two, it's where marketing and sales become a single affair, right? We don't want to be in a situation where marketing goes and gets leads, you chuck them over the wall and sales tries to close them, right? ABM is where marketing and sales work together throughout the pipeline, throughout that sales journey and the buying process to help educate the buyers and help them to understand why your product is, is best for them. Number three, it's got to be rigorous and it's got to be granular. The whole point of ABM is that we start with granular details and then we work our way back up and scale. B2C marketers typically, right? Typically, B2C marketers, period. The way you do B2C marketing, I've done a lot of it, is you start with scale and volume, and then you little your way down. ABM and good B2B marketing, you do the exact opposite, right? You start with the details, the most granular detail you can get to, And then you scale up because my sale in B2B, right, is going to be many factors larger than my sale in B2C. So I can start with a more granular detail when my product costs $10,000, $50,000, right? A million dollars. One sale, two sales, three sales makes a huge difference. Okay. Number three or four, sorry, it has to improve efficiency. The whole point of ABM is that it makes marketing significantly more efficient, right? And I want to pause here and just talk about this. One of the issues with marketing in general is that media is very inefficient and that's why you have to scale media up so high, right? When I'm trying to address an audience of 50 million people, It's really hard for me to get super personalized with those people and create content that is personal enough and custom enough to them and their need and where they are in the buying process. It's hard enough for me to do that. Um, um, And it's expensive to do that for an audience of 50 million or 10 million or whatever. And so consequently, your message has to be a little bit generic, which means your media is less efficient, which means you have to spend more money on media, right? So I'm doing a massive, you know, I'm hitting a massive audience with a generic message consequently, my conversion rate's going to be a lot lower, like 1%. And and so I got to pump a lot more money into media. ABM flips that on its head, right? ABM says, let's stop for a second. Let's take a step back. We're going to needle down into, instead of the million companies that I could sell to, I'm going to needle down to 500 companies that I think are the absolute most likely to buy my product and spend top dollar and convert the quickest, right?" right? And if I'm only targeting 500 people or 500 companies, let's say I'm targeting 500 companies with three people per company, five people per company, even advertising to 2,500 people is a lot cheaper than advertising to a hundred thousand right. or 200,000 or 500,000 people. Right. So, so I'm saving a lot of money on my media costs. Now, even though my individual CPMs or cost per clicks or any of those rates might be higher because I'm doing, ultra, you know, ultra specific targeting, there's not going to be enough inventory for you to spend a ton of money on that audience right? Even if you're hitting them with with a messaging a lot. So your overall cost of media goes down. So your media becomes more efficient. However, here's where you have to invest. You have to take the money that you've gained from efficiency there, and you have to invest it in strategy, targeting, research, analysis, and custom creative. Because since I'm only targeting 1500 people, and all those people have some very specific things in common, what that means is I can create Capstone assets and ebooks and webinars and videos and podcasts and whatever you know, whatever creative assets I need, whatever ads I need, I can make them so incredibly specific to that audience, right? Where it's like, Brett, click on this. This is going to solve all of your problems, right? And your conversion rates go way up. Now, I'll, I'll give you an example. The average conversion rate for for your typical demand gen campaign hovers around one percent, meaning one percent of the people that see your uh, hit your landing page, right, see your at, right. come to your landing page, hit your landing page, see like a, a capstone asset that they're going to have to exchange their email for or sign up for a demo. About 1% actually do it, right? I've had campaigns, ABM campaigns, where I've had my conversion rate as high as 65%. I mean, think about that for a second, a 65% conversion rate, but I'm only targeting 1,500 people, 1,000 right. people. My audience is much smaller. I spent more money on that on that capstone asset and it's tailored very specifically to them. So. ABM has to improve efficiency. Number five. it's got to create a more direct dialogue and a more related dialogue between the buyer and the seller. And that's where, that's where that personalization, that customization of content comes in, right? Because that dialogue isn't, Hey, I'm just going to tell you my features and functions of my product. That's that's not a dialogue, right? We're not having a conversation there. you're you're speaking at me. You need to talk with them, right? You have to create the dialogue. ABM allows you to do that because I know who they are. Sometimes I know the, like literally I know their name and not just the, not just the company they're from not just their title I know their name too right? right I know who they are I know where they are in the buying journey and so I can' create a custom dialogue right I I can, I, I can create that conversation with them hey I, I you know I see you're interested in this type of content which shows me you're researching these pain points and let's talk about you know how those pain points are affecting you and the results you need to get and, and how you budget it and stuff like that right number number six it builds dialogues into enduring relationships. Because if you do the dialogue right and you hit people with the right messaging at the right time and you've personalized it well enough and it recognizes their pain points, their wants, needs, and desires, creates that conversation with them, it's going to make that more enduring because you're going to show them that you understand them, right? You're going to show them that your product connects to their pain point and that's going to, that's going to extend itself all the way into not just this, not just not just when they actually start talking to the salesperson, they become an opportunity, but but even above and beyond that, right? right? And then here's the other thing, and this, is, this goes back to everything we were talking about. ABM has to be personal, relevant, interactive, and this is the key here, Brett. It's got to be measurable. If I can't measure it, it doesn't exist, right? So so true. All that stuff in our minds. In order for it to be ABM, it has to meet those criteria.
0: I know. I love that, and I'm assuming can we find these pillars on your website? We'll make we'll make sure we provide a link so people can can go look for it. But um, well, if. The-
1: <laughs> If they're not there now. They're gonna be there. <laughs> they're gonna be there by the time this podcast goes
0: live. <laughs> there you go. So let's even take this back because I love this this entire concept because I think one of the things with smaller businesses, they're starting to ramp and grow. You know, you get well. I can sell to anybody if I can get in front of the audience. And it's one of the things I try to push is well, pick pick a lane, pick a path. Right, your product or service may you know work in multiple industries, but if you're trying to get beyond people and reach people that don't necessarily know you, you know, I, that's where I think this strategy makes sense. Right, because you're gonna pick an industry. You know the players in this industry. You can focus on, and maybe at a smaller level, it's you know 50 accounts, right, that you want to go after to start. Especially if you're you packed, your tickets are a little bit higher, right? If it's a ten dollar item, one you're probably not selling B two B at ten dollars, but at some point right. the dollar <laughs> threshold makes sense. But I love the idea of getting super targeted and going after folks and building that that relationship because I think we were too too much of the uh, the blanket approach that, well, if I just get it out to everybody, but it doesn't make sense, right? As you're starting to grow, why not target a few accounts and then you can start to reach the masses. But, you know, I, I, I really like this approach.
1: You said something that I think resonates really, really well, which is you hear people say, I could sell this all day long if I can just get in front of the right audience, right? So the question begs itself, why aren't you in front of the right audience, right? Yeah. Of course, right? And it was like, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a great <laughs> Christmas. Why aren't you in front of the right audience? And ABM is a solution to that problem, right? So let's take a step back, right? And and one of the biggest problems in, in B2B marketing, actually marketing in, in general, one of the biggest mistakes they make is they try and make it all about themselves. They try right. and make the marketing about their product and what it does. But it's not about your product. It's about your prospect. It's about your customer and their wants, needs, and desires. And I know that sounds really high level, but I- I'm going to I'm gonna bring it down to, to some tactical recommendations here. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And that right there is the reason why you typically don't get the conversation. Because you, you spray out your product messaging. You say, hey, this is what my product does. This is what my product could do for you. But the people that you want to talk to haven't admitted that they have a problem yet. They haven't admitted that there's an acute pain that needs to be solved. And until they admit there's a problem and until they admit there's a pain you're never going to get them to have a conversation right it's like trying to sell a hamburger to someone's like I'm not hungry you know you, you want to sell me a pizza great I'm not hungry <laughs> right
0: right I don't right. I don't
1: have that need right now talk to me in three hours you know four hours when I'm starving then I'm gonna have that it's one of the reasons why I try not to go to the supermarket or Costco when I'm hungry right because I buy <laughs> way too much stuff right you have to get the prospect hungry and that's where ABM starts to come in right ABM is a Tool for you to get in front of the right people because it allows us to reach those people when they're in very specific stages of the buying journey and deliver them a message that's not a, a feature function message. It's not a product message. A message that is more tailored to where they are. For example, someone who's in at the very top of the funnel in the awareness stage, I'm going to deliver messages around their pain points hey, isn't this a problem for you? Aren't you having this issue? And once I've gotten them to admit and internalize that they have a pain, then I can start talking about solutions to that. That's when I start delivering message, not about my product, about how you solve the problem of that pain, right? And what needs to be done to, to solve the problem of that pain. Then then once they've interacted with that, you know, with that messaging, and I know that they've admitted that, hey, I've got a problem. I need to solve this problem. These are what solutions look like. Then I can start to, to slot in my product and connect my product. That is boom. That's when I want to have the conversation. That's when you get in front of them. And so you can take a list of 500 companies where you say, you know, gosh, if I get a conversation with anybody at one of these companies, I could sell this product. If I get a conversation with the right person, right? But you you can't because again, they haven't admitted they have a problem. But if you you know who they are and you could get them to admit that they have that pain, admit that the problem needs to be solved, admit that you have a product that can solve that problem, and then you can have the conversation with them, then I agree. Yeah, you you could sell that product, right? right? But all that work needs to be done ahead of time yeah yeah
0: yeah so if we looked at this even super tacticals i'm thinking as you're talking specifically like if i'm a service small services business looking to grow maybe my best approach is let's go find 50 accounts in the area that i know that i can solve this problem really well and you create some sort of ebook or content that adds value, right? That talks about the problem and others that have had it. And maybe you've got some recommendations on how to think about what that content looks like and start it that way, right? Just go super targeted and then start the conversation versus, you know, well, I know there's 10,000 of these accounts, right? I'm going to do some digital. And maybe it's more, you know, paid SEO than it is paid thing. But I mean, I, I I, I just keep coming back to man. If I'm under ten million dollars, my best bet is probably find my best targets and do some level of of ABM to go after these.
1: Am I am I wrong thinking that way? No, no, you're you're 100 right. So you're under you're under ten million dollars, right? The first thing I would do is talk to your sales leadership or, or your salespeople. Um, talk to your marketing. Talk to anybody who you think is going to have a good idea of who your client should be or who who you want to sell to. That's step number one, right? That's what I call our qualitative analysis, right? Yep. And everybody's going to have some opinions around, I really think this is this is the right list of, of companies to go after. The next step is, how do you marry that with some level of quantitative analysis? And there are pieces of software you can use that, that'll help you with that. There are companies you can use. I mean, we'll do this level of quantitative analysis. But if you're a small business and you want to do it yourself, I think a lot of it, a lot of it turns, and, and this is going to be a very case-by-case basis. But right. really what you're looking for is, what are the commonalities in the companies that we we've done well with or that we think we're going to do well with. And I even go look look at your closed one, your closed loss and say, what what are the commonalities? Maybe it's their franchises that have over 20 locations, but under 100 locations, right? Or something like that. Maybe it's companies that have fleets of vehicles that are more than 20 vehicles, but also look at the upper bounds too, right? Because you don't want to waste your money going after a company that's too big, right? Right. You want to try and really, really hone in on, on who your target demographic is. So try and Find those qualities. And this is what we call an ICP or an ideal customer profile. It's just all the data points around a customer that's going to be your ideal customer. Other places you can look at, like if you're going after public companies, what are stock prices? If you're going after companies that are, you know, growth companies that are VC funded or PE funded, what type of funding have they gotten? Right. Right. Like those are those are things you can bring in where you're saying, like, all right, I'm gonna go look at stock price. I'm gonna find companies that meet in this vertical that have increased in market cap by this much, or they're making this much money in in annual revenue or something like that. Like those are those are third party qualitative quantitative um, data points that you can sort of bring in to help prioritize. So right. you come up with those qualities, then you go and say, "All right, what companies fit all these qualities?" And that's your target account list, right? That's your top 500, 50. Maybe it's 50 accounts that you want to go after, okay? Typically, you're going to want to do and I'm going to get a little bit tactical here. I hope that's okay. You're going to want to do enough so that you have a large enough audience to target on platforms like LinkedIn, which have a minimum Targeting threshold, right? LinkedIn's not going to let you target one person. There's a there's a minimum number of people you have to target an audience, right? So right. fifty may be enough, but it may not be enough. Typically, we're recommend you know we recommend anywhere from three to five hundred accounts. Makes sense. Also, yeah. depending on how many people in each account you're going to target. Because the other thing you're going to do is you're going to try and come up with personas. Who are the decision makers? What does the buying committee look like? Not. Who is the decision maker? What does the buying committee look like? Because oftentimes, our buyer is not our user. Right. So important. So it's so incredibly important. It. And the messaging and the differentiators are gonna be compelling to the buyer are not the ones that are gonna be compelling to the user. right? So separate out who you're gonna target, okay? Come up with three to five personas that that you're gonna target the buying journey. And you take the number of personas you came up with, you multiply it by the number of companies, that's your audience right there. Those are the people you need to go talk to. And then you need to say to yourself, all right, I'm going to separate this out and I'll make this very easy. I'm going to create your buying stages for you. Top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel. That's with awareness, interest, decision. Okay? Start off, keep it simple. You don't have to boil the ocean in the very beginning. When someone's in the awareness stage, they're not interested in the product. They haven't admitted that they have an acute pain point. For these personas, what content can I create that's going to speak to that pain point that they're going to look at and say, oh gosh, that's really interesting. I want to read that. And I'll give you a great example of something we did right after COVID hit, we came out with an ebook that it was the survival guide for SaaS marketers in a post COVID world, right? So basically it was COVID had just happened. You had all these SaaS marketers saying like, what the heck am I going to do now? Right. And literally an ebook pops up in front of them that says the shit's hit the fan. You're a SaaS marketer. Here's a survival guide on what to do now. How are you not going to download that? percent. Right. Do uh, like, I might as well just put their name on it, right? Like how do you not download that? And that's just an example of the type of content that you want to come up with. We've, and we didn't talk about our product. We didn't even put our name on it. I mean, I think our, our logo was on there somewhere. It wasn't about our product, it wasn't about our differentiators. We didn't really talk about us. It was all about them. It was all about their problem. Yeah. Yeah. And you now it's
0: solving the problem, right? And you're there to add value and you want to be that partner, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to say blah, 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 but it's, it's the part we, for, we often forget, right? It's building that trust early on that said, oh, they are after my best interest, right? They're providing this for free to help me through this, right? Versus selling me, right? that your ebook
1: wasn't a sales pitch. (laughs) Exactly. And even though nobody downloaded the ebook and then immediately converted, I want you to think about the value of this. I then knew out of those 500 companies, which companies felt like they had that problem. I had a list of all the companies that said, yeah, the shit did hit the fan. And yeah, I do need help. I need a survival guide. So I can then take that list, did take that list, and then market it to those companies, <laughs> right? A right. different message. Then I can start to talk about my services and what I can do for them and the solution that they need, right? And I can even hand that contact him if I feel it's appropriate. And we didn't at that point. We usually want to get them one step further. Yeah. But you can even ha- hand that off to sales, and sales can reach out and say, "Hey, I figure you guys might be having some issues because of da 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 da." Oh, I see you acknowledge this pain point, but they've acknowledged it, they've internalized it, right, to the point where. They downloaded an ebook and read the damn thing and invested their time in consuming that that content. Sorry to
0: interrupt. I mean, no, it go Just for it. To, to follow up on that. I mean, I think the buyer will tell you when they're ready, right? So if they've consumed that, then they hit the follow-up. I mean, maybe it's more specifically how people are solving the problem that you outlined in survival guide. And then you get to yeah. the differentiation, which is you and your service. By then you probably almost have them pre-sold in the sense that, hey, we're ready to talk to you. Or maybe it's some, if you're more of a complex product, it may be specifically how it works within their organization, right? You're really getting down into how this is going to really work for that customer versus the general. So if, I think if your messaging is right and you're hitting them with, uh, hey, here's the biggest problem. Everybody's, are you solving or suffering from this, then it's like, hey, there's ways to, you can solve this problem, right? And then third is, hey, here's how we do it differently. If you're interested, this is how we we help companies solve this exact problem. And by then you've already laid, you're not going from that first date to marriage, right? Uh, within 24 hours, it's, you know, it's, it's exactly. part of that process.
1: Exactly. And and that is, you know, I'm going to kind of come full circle what you were talking about earlier. That's the 74% of the buying journey that you were talking about earlier. That's all the groundwork we lay up ahead of time so that they do get to talk to our salesperson. And once they get to talk to our salesperson, they're already educated. We know that they've admitted that they have a problem. We know that they understand that there's a solution out there, what the different options for solutions are. We know they understand the value of the solution. And, and we know that they know our product can provide a solution or service can provide that solution. And so once they talk to a salesperson, they're saying, oh yeah, I read your ebook. Yeah, I mean, I literally, Brett, I've had customers, once they talk to our salesperson, they literally list out the issues that they're having, copy and paste from our ads, from our ebooks, <laughs> from, from the marketing yeah. uh, uh Stuff that we we've sent them. They're literally copying and pasting, saying these are the problems that I'm having right now. These are the issues. I'd love your help dealing with. And so I, know, I mean, verbatim. And so I know that they've had that interaction with my brand ahead of time. And. It, in my ABM campaigns. And then once they get to sales, my sales partners are like, this is perfect. They literally told me exactly what we had communicated to them, right? So that there, it was a dialogue, right? It wasn't just us. It wasn't just us telling them about our product. Like we had a, a dialogue with them during that 74% of the time that our salesperson wasn't getting a chance to talk.
0: To. Yeah. And I don't want to take us down a rabbit hole talking about sales because I think that's a whole nother episode that we could, we could get into. But I think, again, tying back to what you talked about with the buy may not be the user and then the, the approver may be a third person that's not in there. And I think when what the important thing, especially if a small company, once it does get to that salesperson is to understand, right, that now it's not just selling to that one person. It's making sure you're addressing the questions of the, you know, if it's the approver. It's all about risk mitigation, right? Is there a risk if I buy your product or solution? And, you know, this is how the user. So I think it's important to understand that if what the marketing has done is driven and created that awareness with the customer, they have a good idea. Just make sure you're going In you know eyes wide open, and it's not just a predetermined script. This is the opportunity to address you know the other factions or the buying committee. That that, I like that that term. That almost every company, I don't care how small it is, is probably more than one person that's going to be responsible. It. So that's the 100%. perfect time to make sure to, you address that, right?
1: Absolutely. And I think you're touching on something that is probably one of the most compelling reasons uh, for doing ABM, which is because of the way we do ABM, because we're seeing who's interacting with what content at what stage of, of the funnel, that allows us to infer what, what we like to call intent signals, right? And then we can take those and we can put those together into what we, we, we actually call this our digital dossier so that we're not just sending sales we're not just chucking an email or a phone number over the wall and saying hey go call this guy i'm actually sending sales a digital dossier that says hey i've got a contact for you that i think it's an mql here's an email address a phone number also here are the 14 pages they looked on our website this guy visited our web or this guy or gal visited our website 15 times over the course of you know 3 months they interacted with this content they looked at this product page 6 times they downloaded this ebook about these pain points they they clicked on these ads talking about these key differentiators that we have. And then the, the salesperson doesn't have to go in cold with a script. The salesperson can write a script that's custom just for that prospect that says, hey, I see you might have this pain point and that this is causing you a lot of issues and you're interested in getting results over here. And you looked at this product. What if I were to demo that for you? Maybe that's the message. Maybe it's something else. But your conversion rate, your interaction rate, everything is much more efficient and the efficacy is just so much higher of those interactions because marketing is able to do all of that work. And then we can take all those interactions and put them together in sort of, like I said, this digital dossier to hand off to sales rather than just checking a cold lead over the wall. Yeah.
0: And I think even just to tie off, even where you started with, hey, if this is one of our target 50 or target 500, you already know who the buyer is and what industry you're in, their company and things. So again, the more tailored and personalized, this is where that that all those efforts pay off because it is more of a, a conversation with it than the old days of trying to force somebody to buy a product when they're not ready. And then again, a whole nother episode to go down, down that path. So now Jeff, I do want to be respectful of your time. We're, we're running low. So, so much value in this. And I think we're going to have to come back and do a part two and maybe get some super tactical at some point, because I do think yeah. there is a, a lot of value. Is there anything we we didn't cover today that you think would be important for the audience?
1: I mean, look, I think, I think we covered a lot of ground. I think the, the only thing I would say is the big thing here is just get started. Get started doing ABM, right? Take a step back, do your research and analysis up front, identify your ideal customer, come up with a target account list of the customers that fit those criteria and that you think have the best chance of converting the quickest. Take some of the money that you would spend in media and put that money into creating more personalized content at the different parts of the journey, right? Right. And right. and then start executing campaigns in platforms that allow you to do better targeting. You don't have to boil the ocean. You can spend small amounts of of money. And then, you know, continue to test and optimize everything. That would be, for for any small company, that would be my recommendation. You don't even necessarily need an ABM platform right out of the gate, although you can get one. I would get a technology that does, uh, that de anonymizes traffic that comes to your website. There's a number of them out there. At, at varying price points. If you want to get an ABM platform, you can go get one. Feel free to reach out to me if you want any recommendations. I'm always happy to have that conversation with folks. But don't let it seem too daunting to you. Because it's yeah. it's not it's not daunting. It's just a different way of you're doing the same things. You're just doing it a little bit differently. That's it. Right. Smarter, not harder, right? I think Yeah.
0: And it yeah it, it, Reminded me of a conversation I had yesterday with a an entrepreneur that's really just getting started and we talked about, you know, content and he's starting to do some of the founder-led selling at this point, right? And I think the principles are still the same because we talked a little bit about content, having that ebook or a blog post, something that talks about exactly what we talked about, the problem that you're you're looking to address and you know, create that awareness out of the box. And it doesn't have to be the the best seller, right? It's just got to be super, cool. super valid or uh, ebook. Do you think that's the best, or are we looking still casement? I don't want to put you on a spot, but does it really differ by industry/slash product, or what is there anything in specific you found that would work that? Typically works best.
1: Here's sort of our experience, right? Ebooks can work very well. A lot of people feel like ebooks are pretty antiquated, and they're more creative, compelling ways of putting together capstone assets, right? It could be an ebook. It could be a uh, an infographic. It can be an explainer video. It can be a white paper. It can be case studies. It can be. I mean, it could be a million. It could be something, some interactive experience. It can be a report. It really does vary from vertical to vertical, industry to industry. On a case by case basis. The key here though is it, you want to go back to this. It's gotta be something that's compelling enough to get someone to exchange their contact information for it. If you wanna make it a gated asset, right? If you wanna make it a gated asset, it's gotta be something compelling enough where someone goes, you know what? I'm willing to hand you my name and my email address just to take a look at that. And whatever that might be. And maybe it's a webinar, maybe it's a podcast, maybe. I mean, there's a there's a lot of things this could be. And ultimately that is that's up to you, you know. That's up to you. But yeah, the more creative you can get, the better. But eBooks can still work.
0: Yeah, so basically find the content that's going to resonate with that audience and you may have to test, right? It's it could yeah. be. This. I love the idea of the little explainer videos and right, that doesn't take a ton of time or money. Just again, it's per- highly personal, right? It's it's you as the founder or your team just talking about it. And so, yeah, God bless digital, man, cuz I <laughs> I said if you the times here like I'll go back to where we started this, the the opportunity for small businesses right now to to be able to take on some of these bigger companies cuz they can be so much more targeted is is here. So feel gut reset.
1: Here's your chance, right?
0: Yeah. Clean slate. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have to break the bank and buy a million Facebook ads, right? As you've covered today, there's a much better way to do this. So awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do a part two, because I think there's some more tactics we can get into and set up some strategies for some folks. But but I thought it was important to one, educate myself. And two, because you're right, because we do hear about ABM all the time, but nobody's really sat down and kind of talked about how do you do it? Right. It's your, absolutely. In theory, it's a great idea, but now you've, you've given us some ideas and some takeaways to, to start to implement this thing. So um, if people want to learn more about you, Jeff, what's the best place for them to connect with you and, and learn more about what you guys do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's BeatBusinessOL.com. Is our agency's website, and just go ahead and reach out to me anytime, and and we'll put uh, maybe that link, and if you want, we can put my email address or something in in the sure. show notes as well. I'm always happy to have a conversation with anyone. And the other thing I would say is on the part two, if you like, maybe we could maybe we could bring some real world examples and talk about some specific tactical recommendations. Um, yeah,
0: if, I like that idea. That's really good. If anybody idea. wants.
1: If anyone wants to throw out their brand or, or their business and, and uh, what the issue is, and I'm absolutely happy to do a little brainstorming and see if we can't come up with some recommendations. I love that idea. Yeah.
0: I'm going to hold you to it too. So sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, so I I think it's a great it's idea. Fun. So awesome. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for, for spending some time with us. It was highly educational. I think folks are going to get a lot of value. Start practicing it today. Just don't, you know, throw the money up into the wind and hope the dollars stick. Have have That's a right. plan, right? Have a plan. So. Thanks for
1: having me, Brett. It's really great awesome. to talk with you.
0: Have a great rest of your day. We'll catch up with you soon.